Fasten your seat belts. This is Jump Start, a podcast that reimagines hyper growth for early stage beauty brands. Hosted by yours truly, Rohit Bhanota, founder of Jump Accelerator, formerly known as Story Saves. We are creating a more humane, conscious, and beautiful planet, a woman's world. Early stage beauty founder. Have you wondered? Your fans love your products. Then why aren't you a hundred million dollar beauty brand? Or do you feel you have tried almost everything but nothing has worked and you have started thinking that maybe money is the only solution for growth? My name is Rohit Banota. I'm the founder of Jump Accelerator, formerly known as Story Saves, which was an agency and now it's an accelerator. It's the only accountable hyper-growth solution for early stage beauty brands that uses the science and emotion of hyper-growth. Now, getting back to the questions I asked you, let's start with, or let's employ what Elon Musk calls, or he popularized the first principles thinking. I have a physics background myself and I like simplifying any phenomenon down to its core fundamentals. So let's first distinguish between growth and hypergrowth. A typical growth equation is you acquire new consumers, then you cross sell and upsell to them, meaning you make them consume your brand at different occasions or you make them consume your brand in higher volumes per occasion. The typical hypergrowth equation is you acquire new consumers plus you cross-sell and upsell plus you get a referral via advocacy, buzz or word of mouth so that the funnel feeds itself back. Hypergrowth equation is a virtuous cycle that spirals upwards. The third step is the critical step in distinguishing between a growth, uh, a growth equation and a hypergrowth equation. And advocacy has to do with much more than just high loyalty, which could also be because of inertia and habit. So it's a critical check. Also, if the third step and the critical step of advocacy is happening, it is very likely that the preceding steps in the funnel uh, are also happening to the max. So it's just like I said, it's a critical check for the entire funnel. Now, why is it? Why is this difference between growth and hypergrowth? It comes down to the focus of big CPG beauty brands, the brands that kind of develop these principles of advertising, uh, marketing, branding, etc. Uh, developed and employed and they still do uh, and the big agencies work for these uh, big beauty brands or big CPG brands uh, and for them advocacy comes right at the end and that's why it's the missing link between growth and hyper growth. Uh, for them the funnel starts from awareness, it goes to trial, it then you know purchase, repeat purchase, loyalty and then in the end advocacy. 
Uh, and why is that? Why do they focus on advocacy in the end? Because these big brands play the market share game. They already are being bought by the masses. So they use heavy advertising to influence their daily, weekly, monthly and quarterly sales by trying to be top of mind for a consumer. And advocacy for them with their base can be a slightly slower process. Unlike for an early stage beauty brand where advocacy is not just a critical step, it's a test of whether your brand is going to be on hyper growth or not because it is the most persuasive and direct route to sales, especially for brands that do not have the resources and even beyond that are an early stage beauty brand that lacks awareness in the even in the early stage market, leave alone the mainstream market. And how can I prove that the conventional strategy, branding, marketing, advertising uh, strategies do not quite apply to early stage beauty brands? Let's start with beauty brands that started out as early stage beauty brands and in span of few years reach $100 million. Glossier, Vega Moore, Drunk Elephant, these brands reached revenues of close to $100 million or more than $100 million in maximum four years. And they self-declared lo declared loyalty Sorry, within that time period of hyper growth was close to 60%. And now I speak to a lot of beauty founders uh, every month. And when I check their numbers, the ones that are growing between 20 and 30% uh, annually or even 15, 20%, their loyalty is usually again between 20% and 30%. So there is clearly a gap that I've observed and beauty founders listening to this podcast or watching this podcast would agree that it makes sense. The second premise, which has to do with an exhaustive study done uh, by Everett Rogers, who published a book, uh, who wrote a book called Diffusion of Innovation, the most fundamental book uh, written or the first most breakthrough book written on the concept of how an innovative idea, initiative and even product diffuses through the market, through the consumers into the mainstream consumers and is adopted, makes a point very, very clearly that advertising is only a very, very small part of that whole process. Cool. So summarizing for, an, uh, for the big beauty brand, their funnel is top down, starting from awareness to trials, to purchase, to repeat purchase, loyalty, and then in the end, advocacy. For an early beauty stage brand, early stage beauty brand, sorry, you do not have the luxury of waiting for advocacy right till the end, and it'll be a wrong strategy. You have to start from advocacy right at the beginning. It's the yardstick which will predict how likely are you to achieve hypergrowth. Now let's evaluate the number one reason that founders give for lack of hypergrowth, money. Let's take the hypergrowth equation with all its three steps, even though the third step distinguishes hypergrowth from growth, but I will talk about all three steps involved. And let's see what money can do for your brand in these three steps. Let's start with the first step. You try to acquire consumers by spending money and buying media. 
the only thing that the media platform can do is bring you face to face with those consumers. You will get reach. Even then, your cost of reach is going to be high because you will have to outbid other competitors. And there's something called media inflation, meaning if the media is really attractive for your brand, then other brands are coming on it and they all are coming, including yourself, onto the platform because the consumers are there. And if these two things are happening, the media platform will jack up their prices. So you will have, uh, you will have diminishing returns on your ad spend. Second, advertising works on a threshold principle. Below a certain level of expenditure and below a certain level of hits, you are not likely to get a lot of sales. And third, the media platform can only bring you face to face with the consumer. The conversion to sales is still your lookout. Now the second step in the hyper growth equation, cross selling and upselling. The only reason a consumer is going to buy more from you if is if your brand lived up to the core promise it made to the consumer at every touch point during uh, you know the consumption of the brand and after the consumption of the brand. That is the only reason. Money cannot do anything there too. The third step, the critical distinction between growth and hyper growth, there, the only thing that will make a brand worthy of word of mouth or buzz or will be contagious or the consumers will become your advocates is either if you're adding some meaning into their lives or your brand is worthy of a conversation or you and or you follow, strategically follow the process of diffusion of innovation. This again has nothing to do with the money that you're going to spend. So if you see steps two and step three, step two and step three have nothing to do with money. Uh, Cross-selling and upselling and getting advocacy has almost zero correlation uh, with you being having a lot of money uh, to spend on your brand in marketing, advertising, shows, uh, you know, buying media or spending with retailers, etc. Even step one, only out of the, the three sub-steps in step one, the, the three sub-steps in step one were you getting reach by outbidding other competitors, you... Uh, you know, you manage to cross the threshold uh, value for advertising to actually get, you know, some end results. And third is you converting that awareness into sales. Only the first step in these two, uh, or actually the first two steps have something to do with money. The last step, which is the most critical, converting awareness into sales, money again has very, very little role to play. Clearly, money cannot buy word of mouth, money cannot buy buzz advocacy, which is the critical distinguishing, distinguishing step between hypergrowth and growth, meaning money cannot buy you hypergrowth. How can I be so sure? Let's start with this uh, fact. Why do 75% of venture capitalist funded brands even fail to make their money back, leave alone scale up, and hypergrow, uh, as quoted in a Harvard Business Review article. Now, for beauty brands, I do not expect the number to change by much. But here is another statistic. 
only 1% of brands that get pitched to VCs get funding in the end, meaning you have 0.25% chance of success if you start counting on money as the be-all and end-all of helping you achieve hyper-growth for your beauty brand. I do not have a lot of data on this, but I do speak to, again, a lot of beauty founders on a monthly basis, and quite a few of them have had some kind of a friend, family, or even an angel round varying between $100,000 to even a million dollars and some of these brands have actually gone beyond seven figures and then were not able to sustain and are now either close to seven figure mark or slightly over or slightly under. And some of the others made it to seven figures but could never sustain it, have not gone anywhere past those seven figures. So it proves that money again, you know, is not the be all and end all of hyper growth. Clearly, the adage, if money is not a problem, then you do not have a problem, is not quite true. Let me give you a morphed adage. I'm guilty of morphing it a little bit, but here it is. Nothing kills a brand faster than advertising a mediocre brand. Feeding the funnel at top is important for sure for new consumers, but equally important is reducing or minimizing the leak at every stage of the funnel. And the most costly leak is, especially for an early stage beauty brand, when the funnel does not feed itself back. Now I have worked, you know, with the big CPG uh, companies like PNG, I worked with their beauty and grooming brands. And now I'm working with early stage beauty brands. And I, like I said before, Big beauty brands focus on top-down funnels because they are in the game of instant results considering the base they have, the already existing awareness they have. Uh, and therefore, they focus on advocacy in the end. But for you, for an early stage beauty brand, you need to focus on advocacy right at the start for the funnel to feed itself back. And there are two things advocacy will do for an early stage beauty brand which money cannot help you on its own. One is it will get you acceptance in both the early stage and the early mainstream market because you're a new player unlike the big guys. So not only is it a cost effective solution advocacy to feed the funnel back, but it also gets you acceptance. And that's why that virtuous cycle is so important for an early stage beauty brand. So the fundamental truth for your early stage, stage beauty brand, sorry, hyper growth, uh, which will help you get advocacy for the funnel to feed itself back and for you to get acceptance and plus a virtual cycle of the funnel is your core promise. The core promise that you will, that you make to your consumers and when you deliver it will get you super fans and they will then advocate your brand forward creating the loop of feeding your funnel back. Plus, you will also get awareness via all the other consumers that you will touch who might not be your advocates, but who you will touch at every stage of the funnel because your brand will be worthy of a conversation, worthy of a buzz uh, based on certain rules, which I'm not going to cover in this podcast. That's it. There is no 
new shiny object. There is no advertising riffraff. There is no uh, social media razzmatazz. The core simple fundamental truth is the core promise you make to your consumers and whether that is worthy of being advocated once they experience it to the people who matter and so that the funnel feeds itself back. So instead of trying to get into more retailers or get more consumers by going to trade shows or consumer shows or spending money on digital marketing, SEO, any marketing initiative uh, and not falling for the illusion that, oh, the consumer is there or the, client, the retail buyers are there. So that is where I need to spend the money and be. Instead of that, first go back to your core fundamental promise and see if it is worthy of advocacy. If you do this and build your brand right from there, all else will follow. VCs will come to you, buyers will come to you, influencers will come to you, but most important, you will get brand advocates who will feed your funnel back and your early stage beauty brand will truly be on the path to hyper growth. This is Rohit Banota, founder of Jump Accelerator, the only accountable hyper growth solution for early stage beauty brands that uses the science and emotion of hyper growth. Or why not other brands or organizations have why we have our why not. Our why not is to create a more human, conscious and a beautiful planet by creating a woman's world. We endeavor to accelerate 1000 women-led beauty brands in the next five years or so and taking them each to $50 million at least to create a $50 billion economy. Thank you and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and then go to our website jumpaccelerator.com and take the quiz to find out how ready are you 